Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. Good afternoon and welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM. It's Carrie Vina Company going all the way to mm, 6 p.m. Today I'm going to be holding on both the uh, bases shift and Davy's own. So you know what? I'm going to be here with you for the entire evening. It's just about three minutes after 12, but we're going to jump straight into Diabetes and You with Andrew Danu. Hi, Andrew. Are you there? Good afternoon and welcome. Hi, Carrie. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you going? I'm good. And you're working on this long holiday. But yes, We're working long on this holiday, <laughs> but I, 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 I do want to wish uh, I do. I do want to wish you, and I want to wish uh, the, the all listeners and the national community a very happy and holy Corpus Christi holiday. I hope that everyone is is making uh, or taking advantage of the holiday to mm. um, maybe plant something, plant something that they could grow, and, and plant some vegetables and some fruit that they could. Um, you know, that's a tradition in Trinidad and Tobago. So. Um, I don't know if you planted anything this morning, Carrie. Well, not yet. Uh, I mean, I'm not that much of a planter. <laughs> My plants die before a week. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I'll have to well, practice. We, and, and of course, it is a, a holiday that, uh, that Catholics would observe. So we really do extend our, um, our best wishes to the Catholic community. Mm. Uh, so, so, Carrie, today on Diabetes and You, we do have a a very special guest with us and we're gonna we're gonna get to, to him in a bit um because we, we are going to be continuing our conversation as we started a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh and we, we are having a second part of this conversation because we had so much engagement and so many people asked questions and even on 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 on, on uh, lunchtime doctor with Do- dr safia mohammed mm-hmm. um so many people asked questions about the diabetic foot and ah. about foot problems and complications uh, we started talking about the diabetic foot a couple of weeks ago with our very esteemed guest, Professor Narayan Singh. Um, and we we want to continue the conversation today because we're going to talk some more about actual amputations and prevention of amputations. Uh-huh. And for those persons who do have amputations, what does post-operative care look like? So we're going to go into that discussion. And of course, like we usually do, we're going to have the, the, the phone lines open for persons to call mm-hmm. and ask questions. This may be your... You know, you know, you know, well, a very rare opportunity to speak with an expert like Professor Narayan Singh. Mm. Of course, we do want to thank our sponsors, uh, Medical Associates and Tattle and Tattle Life for making the program possible. Uh, mm. But Carrie, before we go into we, before we go into the discussion, I just want to tell um, the folks as we usually do what's going on at the association. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, we, we've just finished our, our National Diabetes School Quiz. Yes. Um, Last week, we had one of the finalists on with her mom, and we're going to have some of the other finalists in the coming weeks because Carrie, these children are 10 years old, and they know more so things than... So much! I, I they, know! They know more than some of the doctors. Some of the doctors <laughs> that were in the audience, they didn't even know some of these things, or they forgot. Wow. And, and they learned so much. And and I know that these children are going to put it into practice because mm. as, as we were talking to, to Shaiba last week, we, we actually came up with a project and these 10-year-olds are going to come up with projects in their schools. Mm. Um, Shaiba's idea is to have a chow competition, which is something very excellent because we want to promote eating more fruit and veg. Mm-hmm. So that's Shaiba's idea. And we, we're going to have the 15 finalists come up with their own ideas. And we're going to be supporting those ideas in school. So so these 10-year-olds are going to be doing health promotion activities in wow. their schools. And so, so, you know. 10-year-olds, so really, you know. 
Exactly, and and I mean, <laughs> give them give them the opportunity to do it. But they have the ideas, and I mean, ten year olds. When we were ten year olds, I don't think they they the same breed. Eh? They're much smarter. Yeah, they are. Um, they're exposed to more. But, um, they're exposed to more than we were when we were ten years old. Exactly, exactly, and mm. I mean, they could do so much more because what they are exposed to can be negative, but we don't want to expose them to positive. Mm. Um, a couple other reminders our sixth form internship program the deadline is the 7th of july uh this is an exciting program for sixth formers both lower and upper six um if you are in lower upper six and you want to get into the medical sciences or the social sciences you want to be involved in ngo work then sign up you go to our facebook page of the diabetes association and sign up for the sixth form internship program we're taking 30 interns and we're going to have them throughout the country doing a lot of activities um things that you're not going to get opportunities where well, you're not going to get these opportunities anywhere else uh, and trust mm. me you're going to enjoy it um so the deadline is july 7th and go to the diabetes association facebook page to find out we're also continuing eye screening throughout the country tomorrow we will be at the Diabetes Association head office in Chagonas. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have locations in Princess Town coming up and we have locations, I believe, in South Trinidad and then one in Port of Spain or Diego Martin that's coming up. Give us a call at 607-3288. Not today, of course, it's a holiday. Mm-hmm. Give us a call tomorrow and you can make an appointment for that free diabetic eye screening. And there's mm-hmm. one more new service so, we started. So, so Andrew, let me, let me cut you across mm-hmm. here. So how I get sure. this diabetic ice cream? Because I mean, eh, eh, I find that something a little nice. <laughs> well, Carrie, you need to come. I need, I need to get you there because it's free. People with diabetes need to get their eyes screened every year. And this yeah. is a, a dilated eye exam. So we're going to check the back of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're checking for bleeding on the back of the eyes. So especially for persons with diabetes who are susceptible to these diseases, mm-hmm. we're going to be checking. And it's free. Um, you do it annually, and we want to we want to encourage persons to do it annually because we want to we, we know that when we do ca- capture some of these conditions, we can make intervention to prevent mm-hmm. blindness because yeah. I mean diabetes is the leading cause of blindness in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean diabetes well leading to leading to, to many complications. So so Carrie, I'm going to sign you up. I'm going to get Thank to you. Thank you. And we're going to and we're going to take a nice little video when I get there. So and we're going to encourage more persons to come out and. And get the ice cream. Yes, that, uh, that that sounds like a plan. I, I, I hope not like you get two scoops too. Eh? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. And, and and the last the last um service that we we're offering is a new service that we're offering on nutritional consultations. Um, we have nutritional consultations with people with diabetes mm-hmm. for people who have renal disease. Um, and of course, our nutritionists and and dietitians are trained. In, the, in this field of nutritional counseling for renal disease. Mm-hmm. But she's also, with her team, going to start nutritional counseling for people with PCOS, ah, PCOS. Right, yeah. Because so many women have been asking about it and have been asking about help the, uh, managing their, their, their PCOS with, uh, well, in terms of their diet. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be um, starting that. We actually booked on for the next three weeks. Um, so, so if you do want to, to to give us a call, give us a call tomorrow. If you do have PICO, so you know someone with PCOS, mm-hmm. um, give us a call. And I think um, a lot of persons really appreciate that service. So, so Carrie, let's get into the the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad you are here because, um, as 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 you've often said, you you have been living with type one diabetes for a long time. Very long. So I think. <laughs> you will even benefit from from this encounter with Professor Narayan Singh. But let me introduce Professor Narayan Singh again. 
Um, to our listeners, he's Professor Emeritus at UWE, and he's a consultant surgeon at the Medical Associates Hospital. He's involved in research of the diabetic foot and diabetic foot problems in Trinidad and Tobago for the past 45 years. He's published over 30 papers internationally subject, but about 250, well, I'm sure more by now, international or other, or other papers in international peer-reviewed journals. Um, he's co-authored six book chapters on vascular surgery, and he counts over 120 presentations internationally. Mm-hmm. He was the youngest recipient at 42 years old of the Shaconia, the Shaconia Gold Medal. Oh. And he is the first and only Caribbean surgeon to be granted a fellowship at the Royal College of Surgeons. So I want to welcome Professor Narayan Singh again, gracing us with, with his mm-hmm. presence. We're very, very happy to have you here. Welcome, Prof- Professor. Uh, welcome to Freedom 106.5. Thank you both. Thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Andrew, just one correction. I was granted the fellowship of the Royal College of Surgeons without examination. Wow. Everybody oh. has to write an exam. Wow. 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 So, so that, that is, is yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's an achievement for, for, for both you, Prof, and for Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, it is. Because, yeah. and, and I'm really, really proud of that. I'm really, really happy that you are here. And as I said, uh, this is an opportunity for 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 us to educate people about about the foot diabetic foot. And I, I mean, since I was a student, I've always been seeing Professor Narayansing and, and, and lectures, and he's always very open and willing to 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 talk and to educate people and to prevent the di- prevent diabetic foot complications. Mm. So I want to congratulate you, Professor, and thank you so much again for. But Andrew, uh-huh. I have to say I was very disappointed when they decided to grant me it without examination because I so love exams. I miss exams. <laughs> I wish I had more to do. You want to show off your well, skill? Yes. True. I true. love. I love exams. <laughs> I, you know. Well, well, I'm happy to hear that, Prof. But of course, it is an achievement and it is a, it is an honor um, for you yeah. and for the country and to have you here. But Prof, let's let's get into the conversation, and I, yeah. I, and again, as, as we were saying, this is part two of it because there were so many we couldn't even get through the questions last time. There were so many calls, and we will be opening up the phone lines and take some calls after the break, Carrie. But mm-hmm. let's just start the, the conversation, and we wanna we wanna talk about actual amputations today because we were talking a lot about um, when um, protective footwear and about preventative screening, uh, but but we wanna get into actual amputations because we know um the statistic is that there are more than one amputation per day i mean i think it's around 500 am i correct professor about well, 600 per year now 600, 600 per year. year it was about 250 per year in 1982 when we did our first paper it's now about 600 wow. so it's more and than doubled more than doubled in the last 40 years mm. wow and, and of course and that's just including Well, flag no, amputations. We don't talk about above and below. We're not talking about toes. Toes, exactly. Which no, of we course don't far greater. Yeah. Now, so, so, why, mm-hmm. uh, while we're on that, before I leave that, not only have we doubled 82 to now, so in, in 40 years, but in the last six years, we've gone up 20%. Wow. So there is an increasing rate of amputations, not just an increasing number, the rate of increase is increasing as well. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but professor, as we are on that topic, why do you think that is it? Do you think it's because we have increasing rates of diabetes or is it is it is it something else? No, you're right. We have increasing diabetes. We have increasing obesity. Mm-hmm. We have increasing renal failure. We have increasing cardiac disease. So all the chronic um, chronic non-communicable diseases are increasing. And mm-hmm. diabetes and diabetic foot problems. Diabetic foot problems are not isolated. When we see somebody with a diabetic foot problem, they usually have either renal compromise, cardiac compromise, they may have had a stroke, they may have had uh, visual problems, mm-hmm. cataracts, retinopathy. So the diabetic foot is not an isolated problem. And the patients have comorbidities, which worsens the whole thing. So it's 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 a whole it's a societal change. It's a change in yeah. diet. It's a change in 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 habit. We we are more sedentary. We don't mm-hmm. walk as much as before. We don't run as much as before. Uh, we increasing weight, increasing um, sedentary lifestyles, obesity. So it's it's multifactorial, really. And 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 so so. And as you rightly said, it's it's not just isolated with 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 the foot because you, we do see persons who present with, with with a myriad of complications. And and I think one of the common factors are that is that rather that they a lot of them present very late. They they don't take care of themselves until it may be at the point where you know the foot needs to cut off, or it may be at the point where they require dialysis. Um, and 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 so so we know that that is a, an issue that we have been seeing a lot of the association. We've always seen it, and I would say, professor, particularly in men. I don't know what your experience is with that. How do you see um, c- compared to compared to women? Um, do you see or, or do you see a difference of, of of course of how people take care of their feet or the the um, incidences of amputation or these complications in men versus women? No, no, there's no significant gender difference. The little gender difference we get is the increase in trauma in men because men engage in more outdoor, more in the yard and the Activities. garden and so on, mm. and mm-hmm. men are at risk of more trauma to the foot. But apart if you separate off trauma, um, there's not a big difference. Uh, so, so the amputation we wouldn't say it's it's more men. It's, it it is slightly more men than women, but it's not a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But while we're on the subject of increasing amputation rates, I want you, as Diabetes Association, and we as clinicians, to start to ask ourselves, where are we falling short? Meaning. We must be falling short if, in spite of all our efforts, both on your side, on the preventative side, and on our side, the clinical side, mm-hmm. where we're still witnessing an increasing rate in spite of all these efforts over the last 40 years. I don't know how yeah. long the Diabetes Association is around, maybe 40, mm-hmm. 50 years. Mm-hmm. And we have increasing number of specialists, increasing number of vascular surgeons, increasing number of facilities. And yet we still have this problem. I think we need to sit around the table and say, what are we doing that's not working and what we need to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I, I think I think I could, I, I might, might, might garner a guess, which is we are making a lot of effort in, the, in a positive direction, but there are also a lot of efforts in, neg- in the negative direction as well, meaning that there, there, there is 
the increasing availability of, of, of fast food options and, and, and there's increasing increasing um, sedentary um, 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 patterns among children and among adults. And, and, and so I think the efforts that, 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 that the health professionals, the clinicians, the association, the advocates are doing may be outpaced by some of the efforts um, that, 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 that some of the industries are doing as well. I, I would give you one example, and I know the minister, when um, he, he returns from that trip that he went to in, 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 at the WHO, he, he would have mentioned that he's going to tackle advertising, fast food advertising. Um, I'll give you one example. A few years ago, we did a we did a, a, a symposium, a, well, a, a expo, a health expo, and we 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 spent a lot of money trying to put our ad in the papers um, to advertise the expo. And the ad we couldn't afford a we couldn't afford a full page ad, but of course we we tried and we we we, we scraped and we did. Um, but the same day the ad came out in two of the papers, opposite to the ad was a full page ad for fast food, opposite to the ad. And I mean, we felt defeated in a way because I mean, it, 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 it's just a perfect example of the, the efforts made against it are increasing. Um, and, and, and we really need to, we really need to, to, to tackle it on all fronts. And I think at, at, the, at, the, at the ministerial level, at, at, at the cabinet level, maybe one intervention or one point of intervention we need. But Prof, we, we're going to come back. We're going to take a little break and um, acknowledge our sponsors, of course. And we want to continue this conversation and, and, and talk, talk, well, get into the conversation of amputations. Uh, Carrie? So, so. All right, sure. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's much more. Don't forget, you can call us at 627-3223-625-2257 and uh, my WhatsApp number, of course, 306-1065. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's much more. We're going to tell you all about Medical Associates and Tattle. So keep it locked. It's Freedom 106.5 FM. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Going to jump straight back into our interview. This is Diabetes and You, which we do every Thursdays with Mr. Andrew Danu. And we have a special guest, Professor Vijay Narayan Singh. Welcome back, guys. Hi. Hi, Kari. And thanks, um, thanks again, Professor, for joining us. And we are continuing the conversation, Kari. We were talking earlier about... Um, maybe some of the some of the, the issues that we've been having and, and the reason why we've been having increasing numbers of amputations and of course professor would have would have, would have, would have backed that up by saying um, it, it may be because of course we, we do have increasing numbers of, of the non-communicable diseases that uh, that, that, would, that would be related to, to, to amputations but of course we, we, we want to get into the topic of amputations professor because a lot of persons, May, well, persons with diabetes, of course, may have on their mind that, you know, if it is that, well, of course, nobody wants to have an amputation, but what really determines if someone needs to have an amputation? What, 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 what are the determining factors to, to, the, to, for, for a physician to, to say, okay, well, you need to get this foot cut off or this, this limb cut off? Now, Andrew, that's such a good question. Uh, I'll, I've actually researched this and mm-hmm. Our amputation rate at Medical Associates is one-third of the national average. In other words, we save three times more legs uh, if we had to manage them. Mm. Now, so therefore, there are clear factors that determine amputation. Now, one important thing, for example, is angiograms. 
whole country, in all the public hospitals, all these masses of diabetics with diabetic foot problems that go to all public hospitals, there's only one hospital in the whole public service, that's Mount Hope, that has mm. angiograms. Wow. And so that, that's a, to assess the blood flow in the diabetic yeah. foot. Mm-hmm. So all the legs they're amputating in San Fernando or Port of Spain or Grandi or Tobago, uh, they don't get angiography unless they can send them to Mount Hope. But even if you send them to Mount Hope, it's mm-hmm. one hospital serving the whole country and they only get into the cat lab maybe mm-hmm. twice a week. They mm-hmm. can't because they have to share the same room with the people doing the heart angiography, coronary angiography, and so on. Mm-hmm. The fact mm-hmm. is there are many factors that limit the service we can deliver. So the mm-hmm. decision to amputate sometimes is that, look, I have to amputate this leg because I can't do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that, of course, doesn't apply in the private sector, to, certainly not yeah. at medical associates where we have a, a cast lab and we can do all the angiography and stenting and angioplasty mm-hmm. and so on. But mm-hmm. um, w- w- which, which is one of the reasons why we could probably save many more legs. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the, in the public health service generally, and this is a bit unfortunate, but it has to do with workload. Most of the diabetic legs are managed by relatively junior people. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the private sector, they're managed by directly by the consultant. He doesn't have any junior helping him to manage such a thing. And I think that makes, so one is access to care. If I Mm -hmm. see a, 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 a diabetic foot that I say, listen, we have to take this patient to operating theater now and clean it up. It might take three days before I could mm. get that cleaned up in um in the in 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 a public hospital because mm. the patient mm-hmm. come through casualty and then they go to the ward and they have delays in operating theater and somebody comes in some bandit come in with gunshots and mm-hmm. blocks the operating theater for six hours and then you have a ruptured ectopic or emergency cesarean section and all these things affect the access to care. Yeah. And they remain invisible to the patient out there because they don't know. They just know that they postpone. They probably feel the doctor is postponing them, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. If you have one operating theater running after hours and you have all the trauma we see in Trinidad and to be all the motor vehicle accidents and gunshots oh, and stabs and so on, yeah. then it is the diabetic foot that gets canceled and postponed. And the mm-hmm. more longer we leave it, the more the infection spreads, spreads. and the greater the risk of having to amputate at a higher level than we had initially planned, for example. So so uh, there are lots of in-hospital factors that determine bad outcomes, and mm-hmm. these are not adequately addressed, certainly not in the public sector as it should be, where the bulk of people... Be, yeah, pub, uh, private care, the diabetic foot is expensive. We have to face that. That is a fact, a sad fact. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, but the public facilities, it wouldn't make huge adjustments to solve it. But it's just yeah. not being done. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of rec- uh, a lot of um, paperwork, a lot of recommendations being made, but it isn't happening. Mm-hmm. However, I'm a little optimistic for the first time because there is a a, a, a Ministry of Health committee of which I'm a member now, mm-hmm. um, looking at this. And mm-hmm. I think that once they implement the recommendations, hopefully in the next couple of years, we could see some 
significant positive change. The change has always been negative so far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what determines amputation is spreading infection. That's number one. That's the commonest. That's mm -hmm. people get choked, they get cut. They're walking barefooted or they're walking with a slipper mm -hmm. and the slipper, they walk, the slipper is punctured by a, a nail or something, them rubber slippers and it goes mm -hmm. up into the foot and, and um, they don't know that they got choked because they they don't have sensation in the foot. In the feet, they yeah. could walk on hot coals and they wouldn't know. So they get choked and they don't know. And about three, four days, maybe a week after, they find the foot starts to smell. And they're still not, because they have no pain, so they do not noticing it. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have visual impairment and they're not seeing that the foot is swelling and so on. So all these things uh, result in them appearing late. They come to hospital much later than somebody who had good sensation in the foot. Yeah. And therefore, now we're dealing with a spreading infection. So infection is one. Mm -hmm. The other one is blood flow. If the blood flow isn't good, the foot will start to die. Usually it starts in one toe, a little toe, a big toe starts to go black. And then that's gangrene, dry gangrene. Mm. And then we have to restore the blood flow to save such a foot. Mm. And that is where a major limitation is as well. So the loss of, and, and, and the third thing is the diabetes. If the sugar is out of control, the mm. infection gallops. Mm. If, you, if you have poor control, the, it, it facilitates the, the spread of infection. Mm. Uh, so these are the three main factors, the blood flow, the um, neuropathy, that they, they don't feel the pain of the trauma, of the choke and of the cut, mm. and the spreading infection. And then their own inability, their immune inability to fight, to uh, fight it off. infection. Professor, you mentioned neuropathy, right? Someone sent me a message here on WhatsApp. But before I read that message for you, let me remind you guys, you can send us a WhatsApp message. You can call us if you have any questions for the professor or even Andrew from the Diabetes Association. You can call us. You can ask them at 627-3223 or 625-2257 and my WhatsApp number 3061065. Professor, someone wants to know, if I've... If I've had nerve damage in my foot and I am a diabetic, would that result in the amputation of my leg? It could. It could. Because the nerve damage now means that you do not have sensation in your foot. So you walk, you know, all of us with good sensation, you're walking out in a yard with, mm -hmm. with, with just some little pebbles on the ground. Mm -hmm. And every step you make, you're twisting and you're turning because you're getting hurt mm. and so on. The diabetic is going to be walking through that yard normal. with all these stones protruding. Normal. Mm. Like if nothing happened, like they were in shoes. Yeah. Because they have no sensation. It's like walking with shoes. Mm. They have absolutely no sensation. So Professor, we're, hurt, we're, yeah? we're getting a call. Let's take this one, all right? We'll get back yeah. to that answer after. Hi, good afternoon. You're live. Good afternoon. Hey, good Wayne afternoon. Dorbasa yeah. Trace. Yes, Dorbasa <laughs> Trace in Pinal. Yeah, um, Doc, I recognize that uh, because I'm a diabetic, 15, 16 years now, I, I've paid attention and I have come to the, the, the appropriate conclusion that it's about diet, exercise, stress-free and medication, all, all, all being equally important. Um, but I like to emphasize diet because I think um, I... That, that's an easy one for me to do. And uh, I have been spreading the message 
But um, I, I get a kind of counter-attack from the medical profession, not, not on me directly, but on the message. And they're promoting this moderation, and they're promoting things that you have to keep testing to know where you are. And I, I think that's a difficult thing for people to manage. It would be easier if doctors and other professionals take a very hostile approach and inform people that they have to take extreme measures because something extreme is going to happen to you. And these are the statistics. I think the message is not strong is a weak word here. I think it's supposed to be a hostile kind of message. Like if you're talking to one of your children who is playing the fool and you need to straighten him out. I want your comment on that. Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, I would let, I would let Andrew comment on that. That is the role of the Diabetes <laughs> Association, I guess, Andrew. Uh, I, I, well, well, yes, it is, and and of course, um, and and we did have this conversation before because I mean, at the association, yes, we do promote persons doing things in moderation, um, because of course we know that if it is that you make drastic changes in your diet or drastic changes in in the way that you exercise, it's it's not sustainable. So yes, you for, for many, many persons, it really would not be for very few and persons who do have discipline. And I do want to uh, congratulate um, our, our caller from Dobasa Chase because he is very disciplined in, 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 in the way that he, because I know we've, we've been, he has been calling many times at the program and I do listen to him and I do admire the, 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 the efforts that he makes because of course, I know that he's a vegan and I know I've heard some of his recipes before and I, I, I really like what he's doing. But not everyone can do that. Not everyone is able to do that. You can't be eating chicken and chips and eating pizza every day and doubles and then go to to, to, to only eating fruit and veg the next day. Um, you might be able to do it for a day or two, but it really isn't sustainable. So that's why we, we, we try to promote moderation. We try to promote gradual changes. And of course, testing is important because we are in 2023. Um, every household could have a, 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 a diabetic or rather a, a blood sugar monitor. You could get one free at the association. Every household could have a blood pressure kit. Uh, and of course, every household could have a scale. So you measure your weight, you measure your blood pressure, you measure your your your, your blood sugars. Um, not every single day if you don't need to, but of course regularly to the point that you can know if something is going wrong. And then you, you, you know when you could, when you might need to go see the doctor if you're not seeing the doctor regularly. So we do advocate for testing. We do advocate for moderation simply because we know that not everybody may be as strong-willed enough to do um, or, or be very drastic in the changes that they make. Yeah, but Andrew, what he's saying is also correct. The, the tight, and you're saying too about the testing, we mm -hmm. know that tight control of the sugar, really narrow and not allowing it to fluctuate, get a little too high and take something and so on. Mm -hmm. Tight control of the sugar really delays and could hold off the complications like the retinopathy and the neuropathy mm -hmm. and so on and the cardiac disease. Mm -hmm. So so that's something that um as he correctly says we need to be aggressive about. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean I, I would agree with that professor because if if it's for someone who who, who maybe had had, a, had an amputation before, and as you alluded to, there are those three reasons why that why persons maybe may have amputations. One of which being um, poor blood sugar control. Um, if the poor blood sugar control continues, then I assume that the chances of having another amputation is is, is vastly increased. Mm. So, 
for persons like that, I, I mean, definitely we, we need to have that tight control. We need to have rigorous changes um, because, of course, it may be life or death for them. Mm. Um, Andrew, uh, before and we... So, sorry. Oh, continue. Sorry. I thought you were finished. No, no. Yeah, I am. Because I am, we, we have to go and take a really quick break. And when we come back, we're sure. going to be continuing the discussions. All right? So keep it locked. Sure, this is Freedom 106.5 FM. This is where you speak your mind. You are on Diabetes and You, which we do every Thursday right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be much more. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back. It's Freedom 106.5 FM. We're going to jump straight back into Diabetes and You with Andrew, Danu, and Professor. Hi, Professor. Hi, Andrew. Welcome back. Hi, 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 Carrie. So, so Carrie, and before the break, we were chatting uh, about um, amputations and what puts someone at risk for amputations. And of course, we do want to prevent amputations. But I want to ask the professor to talk a little bit about managing those injuries. So, we, we spoke about getting a nail stuck in the foot, or, or, or maybe even a pebble um, in, the, in the in the shoe. And, and uh, we've heard of people with pebbles in the shoes. And causing damage to the foot and so so what 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 are what are the appropriate steps for treatment, Professor? If you have a, a, a if if you're at home, if somebody's listening right now and they're at home and they discover that they they stepped on a nail or they discover that they have a little um, ulcer at the bottom of the foot, what are the steps that, that they should take? If you get stuck with a nail, I want to see you now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you tomorrow. I want to see you now. The rate of spread of this infection is very rapid. And I have actually seen people lose feet by just waiting 48 hours. Wow. It's, so, so when you get stuck with an, if first of all, when you know you get stuck, you're lucky. Because mm-hmm. many people get stuck and they don't know. They got injured, they got a cut, and they don't know because they have no sensation. So if you are aware... For example, you, you, you find when you pick up your foot, um, the slipper is coming with it because there's a nail through the bottom that is keeping it in your foot. So you may re- if you realize right away, you should seek expert attention immediately. I'm mm-hmm. not referring to just going and getting a clean undress and getting some anti-tetanus um, mm-hmm. topoid vaccine or whatever. But that needs surgical cleaning early mm-hmm. right away mm-hmm. it is that bad so mm-hmm. and, and that's something that professor warren wrote about in Barbados about 35 years ago mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if you get stuck it needs surgical cleaning right away because when a nail is driven into your foot the nail carries with it whatever rust is on it whatever dirt is on it goes up into the depths of your foot. Mm-hmm. Any superficial cleaning rubbing the surface with some alcohol or mercurocomb or iodine or whatever you're putting is not going to deal with what is critical, which is stuff that is driven into the depths of your foot. Whether it's five millimeters or one centimeter, the fact is cleaning the surface has zero effect on the what's happening to the bacteria inside mm-hmm. so there's where the catch is the surface looks quite innocent it's one little chuck 
what is going on inside. Sometimes it drives a piece of the sponge of the slipper inside. I've seen that. I've seen they go through a rubber slipper and a mm -hmm. piece of rubber is lodged inside which no body could see. No oh. x-ray will reveal. And only when you go in there and you start to do surgery, you see this piece of sponge, mm -hmm. a rubber. And then you realize this is where it came from. Mm -hmm. So those are important things to recognize. It is not just a chook with some innocent, clean object. It's a nasty mm -hmm. object, maybe with rust in it, maybe with dirt in it. It's probably driven a piece of your slipper or your shoe into the foot. And all those are things that suggest it doesn't matter how many antibiotics you take and what you mm -hmm. clean the surface with. You've got to get in there and core that out. So that's the first I, thing. The first mm -hmm. thing, an innocent chuck needs expert play, care, really expert care right away. Mm -hmm. and, and so, Professor, what about, so beyond the sole of the foot, so what if someone with diabetes gets, for example, a burn on the foot or, or, or a cut on the foot, uh, what should they do? Well, it's the same same principle. You have mm -hmm. an injury. The good thing about a burn, if there's anything good about it, or mm -hmm. um, a, a burn, it's easy to ascertain the depth. In other yeah. words, it's, it's relatively superficial. You can see you can see whether it's a first degree, a second degree, a third degree. So a burn is much easier. The um, A cut is even, while a cut is also deceptive, is not as deceptive as a chook. Because mm -hmm. a chook, you can't tell depth. With mm -hmm. a cut, you can get a good idea of depth. And in a cut, you can actually clean the depths of a cut. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact is they are all dangerous and they all need expert care. And really, you cannot treat it casually. It's got mm -hmm. to need aggressive. And you know something? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in, I'm in private work, of course, but I, a diabetics, my diabetic patients can tell you that when I see you, like if you come with a chook and I see this chook and I deal with it, I'll tell you I want to see you tomorrow. And mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that I am not going to charge you. Because mm -hmm. you may feel I want to see you every day or every other day because I'm making money from it. That's not my business. Yeah. I want to see you because I think it's urgent that I see you. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I want to make it independent of cost to you. So I tell you up front, there's no cost, but I must see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so so that's how we have to operate if we have to save diabetic feet. And since the mm -hmm. public sector is incapable of doing it, those of us in the private sector have got to take that position. That if we have to see your foot tomorrow, I want to see you independent of cost. Yeah, that's yeah. an important and, position. Now. I, I want I, to see I, you three days later. I want to see you again independent of cost. And I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, Professor, because a lot of a lot of persons. Um, cost may be a prohibiting factor for them and they may they may need to go seek attention at a public health health institution um what advice do you have for persons like that because i know that i know that you're on the foot task force now and i know that ministry of health is trying to to move towards a system whereby we can really do more for for people with, with these types of injuries but what if a person okay so what if a person really cannot afford anything and they, their only option is to go to a public health institution. What's your advice? Should they go to a health center? Should they go to a hospital? What should they do? I I think they should go to the hospital mm -hmm. because, because a health center does not have tertiary care. It's mm -hmm. primary care. And I don't think a di diabetic foot injury 
is a primary care problem. I think mm -hmm. a diabetic foot injury is a tertiary care problem. We have been treating it as a primary care problem, which is why our mm -hmm. amputation rate continues to rise. I think yeah. that's one of the factors. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I feel, I certainly, as I said, I am happy to see, like I did last week, I see a diabetic foot and I say, listen, this is serious. I, I'm charged. I said, mm -hmm. but, but I have to get you to where I feel you could get the best treatment, yeah. um, which I arranged as best as I could because mm -hmm. even within the public health system, although I know almost all the surgeons because I've worked in surgery for so long, but, and I could talk to them, they still can't get into the operating theater when they want. Mm -hmm. And the patient was postponed again um, last week. Wow. So wow. I talked to I talked to, to to my colleagues, and I know what's happening. It's not like um, and I've worked in the system for thirty years in the public health system. So I know I I know you, the doctor doesn't control getting into the operating theater and doing what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this yeah. patient may lose the leg in, because he's been postponed wow. quite twice already. Wow. I did say that that and of course. In, in as little as 48 hours, that could happen. Um, yes, it can happen very and, rapidly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, fortunately, and so, fortunately, most times it's a little slower than that, but I've seen limbs lost in a very short time. And, and have you seen this particularly in persons who have uncontrolled diabetes or very poor blood sugar? That is a is, major contribution. Two, two things that contribute significantly. One mm -hmm. is poor control and two is long duration of diabetes. Like mm -hmm. if you're diabetic for more than 10 years, like our friend mm -hmm. from Pinal who is 15 years diabetic, he's yeah. at high risk if he gets an injury. Mm -hmm. um, but he is lucky in that he is following tight control. Mm -hmm. so, 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 so poor control and long duration of diabetes are two major factors that will get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so so I know that we, we, we just have a few minutes left, Professor. And I think definitely if you are able to, we need to have a part three to this conversation. Um because it is so much involved mm -hmm. and so yeah. much so it, it's so much of an impact. And Carrie, I know that again for you, we wanna also have places with diabetes have their feet, feet check regularly. Um and just like your eyes, of course, have your feet mm. checked because, as the Professor said, uh, sometimes you may have something on your bottom of your foot and you're not, you didn't know it. it it's yeah. there, so because you lose sensation. Andrew, um, because, Andrew I don't yeah. mind going to part ten if we can <laughs> save one. If it saves one, one. leg, seriously, but um, well, it's I, what we have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think mm -hmm. if even you save one leg in, in in the weeks that you spend, it's priceless for the person mm -hmm. and the family. And I think we have to do what we have to do. Definitely, definitely. And so, Professor, I want to thank you again for taking your time on this holiday, um, for spreading the word and, and educating the public. Um, we, we will definitely have another part to this series. And, and of course, sure. um, Carrie, I do want to extend our gratitude to the Me Medical Associates Hospital and mm -hmm. Tattle and Tattelai for sponsoring uh, this edition of Diabetes and You. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be speaking about respiratory diseases because we, do it, we did... Well, this month is, and, and this month we did celebrate or did mark World No Tobacco Day. So we're going to be talking about vaping and smoking in persons with diabetes. And I know that's an issue. I know Professor could talk a lot about that as well. Uh, but Professor, any closing words uh, for our listeners before we go? No, I just want to say 
Andrew and Carrie, I think this is a great initiative. We have to continue the work of educating the public. But because about 60% of the limbs we lose in Trinidad are due to trauma, mm. we've got to decide that somebody who has trauma to the foot should be seen urgently and treated aggressively if we are to save limbs. Mm. And they should mm. be seen by a specialist as early as possible. That's that, that's simple and straightforward. So, so Professor, yeah. if someone wants to check their foot, if, if a diabetic want to check their foot, they can come and check you out at Medical Associates, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nice. That's that's we we have a foot clinic. We run we run a busy foot clinic run by two specialists, vascular ah. surgeons, myself and Dave Harnanan, and we work together on a Thursday mm. so that we see all our diabetic feet on that day. Sure. Ah, I feel yeah. I have to pay you all a visit because I don't think it's probably only once. I've ever checked my, my, my feet and that was at Mount Hope and that was years, 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 years ago. So I think yeah. I'll have to oh. um, pay you all a visit. Easy, no problem. Hmm. Thank yeah. you so much, Professor, Thanks. for joining us. Take Thanks care. a lot. The information Thank that you, you shared today was very helpful and informative. I know we didn't get much calls, but I'm very sure that messages would be coming in to find out. You see, look, same thing I now say, you know, <laughs> messages now <laughs> coming in. They wanted to find out where they could come check you out. But you can check out Professor at the Medical Associates. You know, go get your feet checked out. Very easy. Very simple. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Carrie and Andrew. And thanks, Professor. Well, thanks and you so do have much, a good Professor. day, Carrie. Have Bye. a good one. Thanks a lot. Guys, that was Diabetes and You with Andrew Danu and our special guest today, Professor, uh, I can't get back the name, but you know what? Andrew's going to tell me and go check out your feet, yo, you diabetics out there. I know sometimes we take that for granted and we leave that, let that go. And, you know, only when something happens, then we say, hey, you know what? I am going to let's not wait for something to happen. All right. So go check that out. Talk, talk, talk. Is streaming at freedom106.5.com.